This is the Heartland College Sports Podcast Bedlam Edition from 97.1 The Sports Animal. I am Eric G. Wishing you a happy new year and I'm not going to waste your time with a breakdown of both bowl games because one, by now you've probably listened to every single podcast that's doing that or two, you've heard the post games done by all the different radio stations here in Oklahoma so I'm pretty sure that you've got your mind made up about what the bowl games meant. Although, if you just want a condensed version of how I feel about it with OU, Gavin Sawchuck gives you hope that the running game is going to be better next year. The offensive line has an entire spring to improve and get better. And I thought really as a patchwork unit, they didn't play all that bad. Um, defense still has some major improvements. Uh, you can't keep giving up the third and longs. You can't keep giving. Uh, you can't keep uh, having uh, five foot nine <laughs> defensive backs uh, covering six seven receivers and not playing the ball. So yeah, there's there's time to improve on that. Um, six and seven, not good, but it could be worse. And I think most OU fans feel positive about where the program is going, at least after the effort they gave against Florida State, who didn't have any opt outs. Ah, that was kind of important for Oklahoma. As for OSU, uh, the offensive line definitely has to get better. Or at least you would think it would have to get better. Uh, Garrett Rangel gets spring to get more connected with guys like Braylon Presley and uh, some of the other playmakers that Oklahoma State has. Ollie Gard- Gordon, again, much like OU, gives you hope that the running game is going to be better and the defense has some major holes to fill with Trace Ford and Mason Cobb both being gone. Does that that, that pretty much cover it? Yeah, I, I think that pretty much covers it. So with that, I want to get to the three biggest stories concerning both of these programs right now. And the first one I don't think any doubt is Trace Ford's departure from Oklahoma State to Oklahoma, which obviously, based on things that I've seen on social media, is a big blow to the ego of not only Oklahoma State fans, but former Oklahoma State athletes, in particular Doug Gottlieb, who made one of the most ignorant statements I I have ever heard him make. And look, I like Doug. I consider Doug a friend. I produce for him at WWLS The Sports Animal, and we had a chance to connect more than a couple of times uh, when he was working I think for CBS. Uh, He came out to uh, Albuquerque when I was out there to cover games at the Pit. By the way, Doug, I do agree with you. Pit, top five place to go watch a basketball game. Although it's all volume. It's It's not near as much fun as going to watch a game at Gallagher Iba Arena, where you've got uh, when Oklahoma State's rocking and rolling and they're packing that place, you've got a really, really good, fun, sometimes nasty student section. And that's what I love about it. New Mexico lacks in that, but I, I digress. Um, but Doug, and I'm going to paraphrase your tweet because I don't want to read everything that you wrote. And I was very disappointed to, to hear you tweet what you did um, being an athlete that had to transfer from Notre Dame to Oklahoma State the idea of Trace Ford having to turn in his O jacket look dude he earned that whether you like his decision or not doesn't matter 
He earned that O jacket. He lettered at Oklahoma State. He will always be, whether you like it or not, part of that Oklahoma State football program and help build that defense over, what, a three-year period now to being one of, if not the best defense in the Big 12. So at least thank him for his service. I mean, the dude gave you the best he absolutely had. Um, and I know that he, you know, he had to sit out a year and the guy suffered from major injuries. And we'll touch on that here in a second. But for Christ's sake, the dude did go out and bust his butt for you every single time he was on the field. So, no, he does not have to turn in that O jacket. Although, let, and, and also, let's discuss your use of the word arch rivals. Um, to paraphrase uh, Inigo Montoya from the great movie Princess Bride, I do not think that word means what you think it means. Actually, I just quoted him. OU and OSU are not arch rivals. Now, OSU may want to be arch rivals with Oklahoma, but let's face it, talk to any Oklahoma fan, talk to any Oklahoma player, talk to any Oklahoma alum who's involved with the athletic department or not, and they'll tell you the arch rival is... Yes, I just heard it from somebody. Uh, it's Texas. It's not Oklahoma State. Okay. Texas is the Joker to Oklahoma's Batman. Oklahoma State, the Penguin, the Riddler, maybe kind of rivals for sure, but definitely not the arch rival. And heck, we don't even know if Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are ever going to play each other after this past year. Just checked Oklahoma's 2023 schedule. There are three games scheduled right now. It's Arkansas State, Tulsa, and Southern Methodist. We don't know what the Big 12 is going to do. And we may have seen the absolute, we may have seen the last Bedlam game ever played. So the arch rival thing, just stop. You going after Trace Ford um, was one of the most classless things that, that I've seen. And I was shocked, really shocked that it was coming from a former college athlete. Because most co former college athletes that I talk to are on the side of the players, whether they want to leave, whether they want to stay, uh, they don't really care where these guys go to they're just glad that there is freedom there to leave and not have to sit out a year most former college athletes support that so that was not only surprising and disappointing um i will tell you and let's go back to this if you're an oklahoma fan and you're excited about this you should be i mean trace ford's presence if he's healthy can only improve ou's defense I, and and i look at him and colin oliver both those kids out of evan santa fe which i have made absolutely no bones about on this podcast how much i love those two guys and at one point thought that they were the best bookends that you had in the Big 12. Um, the big thing with Trace is he's just got to stay healthy. And I don't think he's played an entire 12 games uh, during his time at Oklahoma State. So OU fans, yeah, get excited. But OSU fans will tell you, proceed with caution because um, the kid is, is a bit injury prone. All right. Um, and, and that's something that can be worrisome. I would be shocked if he's not healthy, if he doesn't start immediately. And I would be even more shocked that if he starts immediately, he doesn't make an immediate impact for Brent Venable's club. I mean, it's it, honestly, if you're an OU fan and, and I go back to talk conversations that I had with OU fans when he signed with Oklahoma State and just could not believe that OU didn't 
recruit this kid. He's right up the street. And that was always one of my biggest criticisms about Lincoln Riley is that, dude, you're overlooking local talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Heck, you were overlooking defensive talent, period. Uh, but you'd rather have a guy like Buki Radley Hiles and all his stars than a solid kid like Trace Ford, who you knew was a great athlete because not only could he play football and do it at a very high level, but the guy was a very good baseball player. That's not a kid you want your program. Really? This is, I mean, did he not have enough stars? Was he from Oklahoma? Whatever the hell. This is Oklahoma recovering from a mistake that they made when Trace Ford was playing high school football. So I give thumbs up to Oklahoma for this. I do think it's sad that it took them this long to realize just how good he was. And there is part of me that does wish he would have stayed at Oklahoma State and finished it out. But in the day and age of the transfer portal, uh, which is where we are here, and as, I don't know, as, as dirty as this sounds, if you get the opportunity to go poach somebody's player, you better do it, especially a guy of that caliber. I mean, heck, if they had a chance to get Colin Oliver, I would have no problem with them throwing all sorts of NIL deals at him to to get him and, and, and come to Oklahoma. I don't like it. Um, I think Colin fits in very well at Oklahoma State. He seems to have found a family there. But, I mean, at this point, you might as well. I mean, treat it like the NFL and the NBA. I mean, the Golden State Warriors going and get, getting Kevin Durant. Yeah, I know you just threw up in your mouth a little bit there, but – what did that do? Took o- Oklahoma City's best player and brought him to them to make them better than what they were, and it crippled Oklahoma City in the process, and you're, you're watching the Thunder now really rebuild from that. The Thunder really never recovered from that, and you're just hoping now that these young guys can gel enough to be competitive and be a consistent playoff team. That's what that move did, and, and I think you're going to see more college football teams, eh, basketball teams to an extent, but mainly football teams look to say, hey, if we can get this guy and it helps us, but more importantly, hurts them in the process, then yeah, we're going to go ahead and do that. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to get into the second and third biggest stories uh, here concerning both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And I'll tell you why Mike Gundy needs to take a chill pill. Thanks for listening to the Heartland College Sports Podcast, Bedlam Edition. I'm Eric G. Um, We're looking at the three biggest stories kind of wrapping up the year, the three biggest stories over the last couple of days for both OU and OSU. The other one, uh, we've already talked about the Trace Ford deal. Um, If you want to go back and listen to my thoughts on Trace Ford going from OU to OSU and the reaction to it, Feel free to rewind the podcast, um, which, but I'm sure that if you're listening now, you've already listened to that. Um, the Mike Gundy going off on the reporter that asked him about any staff changes and essentially telling the guy, oh, maybe you can't be on the beat anymore. It's not exactly what he said, but that certainly was implied. I tell Mike, you need to take a step back. I've always thought that Mike, for the most part, has been very good with the media. He's always treated me very well, uh, for the exception of Big 12 Media Day where he was a little bit more short with me than what he normally was, but thought he's always treated the media very well. 
uh, for the most part, at least me. And I think what Mike and any other coach has to understand is reporters have to do the job. And a lot of times you don't necessarily want to ask the tough question, especially if you're a beat reporter, because you know you have to see that coach every single day or at least a few times a week. And the one thing you need in order to do your job and do it effectively is a rapport have to have a rapport with the guy because as soon as they get to the point of wanting to ice you out you're going to lose your job or at least you're going to get taken off the beat and I, I saw that happen saw that happen firsthand uh, with Steve Alford in New Mexico there was a reporter that he didn't like and that reporter uh, was no longer on the beat I think after Alford's second year there just didn't like him and it's like that's it you're done you're not a ho- essentially you're not homering enough for us so I'm going to get rid of you well a lot of times editors want you to ask these tough questions because they want the story. And guess what? Fans want to know. Oklahoma State fans right now are on a tear. They're looking for a scapegoat, whether it's Casey Dunn, whether it's uh, Mason, whether, I mean, heck, it, it could be the water boy. They want a scapegoat for this year being disappointed. So, yeah, they want to know if you're going to make staff changes. So that question's going to come up. And there's a much better way to handle it. Sure you lost a game all right you lost a game but the best way to handle it is look I'm not going to discuss that right now I know you have a job to do but I am not going to get in to those kind of discussions because it's not fair to my staff because they're people and they've got families and I need to have those conversations one-on-one if I'm going down that road I get it people want to know but we're not discussing that here you do that go on no one has a problem but once you start you know be rating be rating reporters it makes you look petty and it makes you look no not quite as bad as steve sarkeesian uh yelling at some poor guy who's trying to tell his team to wait to come out uh using all sorts of language that only samuel l jackson could appreciate but it does make you look bad and i would caution oklahoma state fans on Wanting Casey Dunn go, wanting Casey Dunn to get let go at this point because honestly, what is his fault? Is it the offensive line's not playing well? Is it the fact that you didn't really have a, a good running back or a great running back uh, this year? Is it the fact that the receivers weren't as good as they were in years past? I, I don't know. I mean, look, when, when players aren't as good as they've been, yes, you can blame coaches for recruiting and developing, but when you're calling plays that's all you're doing and it's up to the guys to execute and a lot of the times when they don't execute it's really not fair to to coaches to get the blame for that I do want to mention this um, at the time we're recording this Spencer Sanders still has not signed with any place um, although I've seen reports that Auburn and Ole Miss are interested which goes right along with uh, right in line with what we were told that he was looking for an SEC organization or looking for an SEC team program to play for was wanting some NIL to go along with it and maybe all that plays out I think I'm surprised actually I don't think I know I'm surprised that um, he's been out there as long as he has I mean heck if I'm Oklahoma I might knock on his door um, 
um, because I think he's better than Dylan Gabriel. Um, but is he better than Jackson Arnold? I think right now, over at least from a experience um, experience factor, he's probably better than Jackson Jackson Arnold. But uh, does Brent Venables, does Jeff Levy want to go down that road? Probably not. But you could do worse than Spencer Sanders. Heck, if I'm Mike Gundy, I'm recruiting him to come back. Come on, man. Come play uh, one more year. And then finally, um, OU's pending move to the SEC. I think we all agree at this point they do not look ready to play with the upper echelon of the Southeastern Conference. That's really not all that shocking um they played with a lot of effort great effort against florida state but i don't think talent wise they're just not there yet hopefully some of these defensive players they recruited uh can come through um i like the fact that you're getting kids from florida i would hope in the future just looking at the the way ou's recruiting class breaked out from a geographical stand or broke out from a geographical standpoint you start to see more kids from texas louisiana mississippi Alabama, that region of the country. I mean, if you're going to play there, you need to recruit there. There's always great high school football. And get the kids here that can play, regardless of what the stars are. You know, get the best kids in the state to come back to Oklahoma, and I think you'll be fine. Um, the 2023 schedule, I um, think we haven't, you know, again, we talked about we haven't seen it yet at this point, and I'm anxious to see what happens for both OU and OSU and not only whether or not they play each other, uh, but which of the new Big 12 teams they're, they're going to to end up playing. Um, it's fascinating at this point, but I would, think that the, I would think the Big 12 will probably, because OU is going to move to the Southeastern Conference in 2024, by all accounts, you're probably going to see Bedlam one more time. I think the conference would, would want to go out with a bang like that. I think Fox would appreciate that. Um, but I think for everybody's sanity, I think for the sanity of Oklahoma State, I think for the sanity of, of OU and just kind of how contentious things have gotten since OU's pending move to the Big 12, it's best for all if they don't play. I mean, it's certainly best for Mike Gundy if they don't play because fans you know right or wrong just kill him for the way things have gone in bedlam and it's like you're never gonna play him again after this year so why worry about it never mind um but i do think that would be the best i I do think that would be for the best to to not see ou and osu play uh anytime soon i think it's the sooner you can end that the better and i do think that there still is a lot of hurt feelings on the oklahoma side oklahoma state side about not being asked to go to the SEC that OU didn't partner with them to go to the SEC and just that move just the move to partner with Texas over Oklahoma State said a lot the ego is bruised and that's not going away anytime soon so the the better i mean just best for everyone just just put a bullet in this thing put a bullet in this rivalry and i think we can all move on and have a much happier 2023 by the way uh do make some resolutions there's some people tell you not to make some resolutions heck we can all improve you know I, i make the same resolution every year to be a better husband better father hopefully i can actually uh pull that off uh this year i've also got some other resolutions but i'll keep quiet not keep quiet not 
major. Nah, I'm not major on that. I'm too old to make major uh, resolutions. But do make some resolutions. Always try and improve on life. But most importantly, have a happy new year. Be safe. May God bless you and your family. As the great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. There's your resolution for 2023. The world resolution. Everybody love everybody. And to uh, quote the great Diamond David Lee Roth, stay frosty.